Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about how the grid is changing. And what a better way to talk about this than to talk about Hawaii. That's right, aloha. Hawaii is a great example of the modernization of the grid because Hawaii has the greatest per capita watts installed on their grid. That means there's more solar installed per person in Hawaii than any place in the United States. Perhaps not the world. I know that Germany and Australia are up there too. So that means they're front runners. That means energy storage is a must for many people. And so in some places you can't export and it's a lot different in a lot different places. And so what I'm going to talk about for this podcast is what we call CGS plus and that CGS stands for customer grid supply plus. And although you don't see this where you are, if you're not in Hawaii, you will see it someday because there's going to be more solar on the grid. Solar is going to be the number one electricity that you're going to see out there because it is now the cheapest electricity in the world. And we just have to figure out ways so we don't have too much on the grid all the time, all at once. Energy storage is a great way of dealing with this, especially when this planet gets their act together and lets us hook up our electric vehicles so we can send that power back to the grid. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about this customer grid supply agreement. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to just read something that you can get from Hawaiian Electric. And so if you wanted to, you could go to hawaiianelectric.com forward slash renewables and check out this document. Now I will read. Customer Grid Supply Plus allows customers to install a distributed renewable energy system such as rooftop solar that is able to export energy to the electric grid throughout the day, but requires the use of equipment that allows the utility to manage the system when necessary to maintain safe, reliable grid operation. Customers receive a monthly bill credit for energy delivered to the grid, which helps to offset the cost of electricity pulled from the grid when the system isn't producing enough energy to meet the household demand. This export credit is fixed through October 20th, 2022, at which time it will be reviewed. The safe, reliable operation of the grid is important to everyone. The combination of utility system upgrades and leading-edge, customer-facing technology is providing new opportunities to connect more distributed renewable systems in less time with greater efficiency. All new systems in Hawaii are now required to use advanced inverters and activate certain functions that help maintain a stable and reliable grid. Unlike other available programs, the CGS Plus program allows the utility to control the system to maintain grid stability if and when it is necessary. This means that in the event of a grid emergency, we can disconnect your system from the grid after almost every other generation source, including the utility's power plants, have been curtailed. Controllability may be managed by third party when and where available or through a double meter installation, including one smart meter by the utility. Program capacity and availability. The program will remain open until the installed capacity of the program is reached in each service area. However, it is possible that additional space for new distributed renewable systems may not be available on every circuit. In the event that the local circuit is already saturated, the utility will work with customers and contractors to identify potential solutions that could enable additional new systems to connect. 
Possible types of mitigation include, but are not limited to, utility upgrades, alternative system designs, and or technology. Different program choices and or a combination of some or all of these approaches. And then it says, additional resources for information, please visit our website, review instructional videos, compare a range of available program options, and explore helpful maps that provide information about current system capacity. There, you'll also be able to find the interactive Watt Plan tool and other resources to help determine the right size system to meet your needs. You may also contact our distributed energy resource team by phone or email. And then they have some phone numbers for Oahu. That's the island with the most people. That includes Honolulu. And then there is Maui. And then there is the big island, Hawaii Island. And so just to kind of give us an idea of what we can do here, you know, maybe we want to move to Hawaii. Why not? Is people in Oahu, that's the most populous island, they get 10 cents per kilowatt hour. And then people in Maui get 12 cents a kilowatt hour. Then there's some smaller islands near Maui. There's Molokai, and that's 16.8 cents a kilowatt hour. And Lanai, about 21 cents a kilowatt hour. Then if we want to go to the big island, the island of Hawaii, we're talking 10.55 cents per kilowatt hour, just to kind of give you an idea. And people in Hawaii pay a lot more than this for electricity. And you have to remember, too, that rates and things change all the time. The rates where you are change all the time, that there's thousands of utilities in the country. So it's really hard to keep track of. But what we're talking about here is the utility being able to control your system. So they can just say you can't export, which they have done in Hawaii before. And now they have this program, the Customer Grid Supply Plus, where you can export, but then they can shut you down whenever they want to, plus they could limit the amount of money that you can get for exporting. So you might look at this and go, well, if I'm only getting 10 cents a kilowatt hour, but then if I have a battery and the electricity is worth, say, 30 or 40 cents a kilowatt hour, is it worth it to cycle my battery up and down? And that's up for you to decide based on the price of energy storage. And what we're talking about a lot of times with energy storage is that delta in price. So if you would get 10 cents a kilowatt hour for exporting, but 40 cents a kilowatt hour is how much you have to pay for electricity, that makes pretty good sense for having a battery. So instead of exporting, you fill up your battery. But then once your battery's already filled up and say you're out of town or something, it's still nice to get that 10 cents a kilowatt hour because what else are you gonna do? Curtail it? But hey, according to this program, as we said, they might curtail it anyway if there was too much congestion on the grid, but I don't imagine that congestion to be there all the time, probably a small amount of the time. Let's talk a little bit about California too. They have different ways of controlling the inverters that goes a little bit beyond the rest of the country, except for Hawaii, and they call that Rule 21. And we have to use special inverters in California once Rule 21 was put into place, and those inverters are listed to UL1741SA not just UL1741, but with an SA after it. And that just means that the utility can do different things with that inverter. One of the things that you might see in a place that has a high concentration of solar, which everybody will in the future, is you're gonna have these perfect conditions. And so to make it so there's not an overabundance of electricity on the grid, they have to be able to either slow down the inverter 
or just turn it off. But you don't want to shut down all the inverters all off at once too. That could be another problem. When solar makes up 1% of the grid, it's not a big deal if they all shut off at once. Say they all go anti-islanding. That means the frequency or the voltage went out of specs and the inverter turns off. And so if you're just 1% of the grid with all the solar inverters in town and they all shut off all at once, that's not a big deal. It's 1%. But if you're making 50% of the energy on the grid and all the inverters shut down at the exact same time, that could be a problem. And that is something that we have a solution for. And that means giving the utility a little bit of control over your devices. There's other ways of doing that too. If the utility boosted the voltage a little bit, the inverters would start turning off. You remember, there's different amounts of voltage drop, or shall we say voltage rise, because everything is in solar is in reverse. And so if the voltage slowly started getting higher and higher, different inverters would turn off at different times because that high shutoff voltage would be a little bit different at different places. And so that would even be a way for different utilities to turn off inverters gradually even in places that aren't Hawaii or California. So let's just take 240 volts. For a 240 volt inverter, 10% above, 240 is 264 volts. And so if we start increasing that voltage slowly, different inverters in different neighborhoods, in different houses, and even on the same house, even different ends of the microinverter cable, for instance, the far inverter would get the higher voltage and it would shut off closer to the inverter that is closer to the utility. Because remember, we have what we like to call voltage rise. So an inverter on the end of a feeder that's full of inverters, it's going to have higher voltage than the inverter that's closer to the main service panel. So that way, by rising the voltage slightly, it's still gonna be in range, the utility can still do that. They can selectively shut off some inverters but not all of them all at once. Hey, kind of neat, huh? And they could do that too by lowering the voltage. However, if they change the frequency, they might shut them off all at once in places outside of California and Hawaii. And frequency control with a smart inverter would be a good idea. And eventually we're just gonna see software connecting everything together, like even your watch. Oh wait, that's not even new news. Unless you're one of those suckers that bought a Rolex. <laughs> And let's end this podcast off with, I got a review that was kind of interesting. Somebody that took one of my classes called Solar Building Codes, Fire Codes, Electric Vehicles, Rapid Shutdown, and Energy Storage Systems. It's one of these videos that you could find by going to solarsean.com and then looking at my heat spring classes. And this class counts for two hours of free NABCEP continuing education credit. And this free NABCEP approved course is with Bill Brooks. And you can find a link to this at the end of the description of this podcast. And I got one of my worst reviews because most of my reviews are average over nine, which I try really hard to do. And everything that this person said was positive, except what would you change about this course? Less humor. Okay, let's be serious now. Okay, no more of this humor. Okay, all right, thanks. We're not gonna be funny anymore. That's a new rule. Okay, I'm tired of that rule. All right. Thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. For more information, go check out solarsean.com.